Well, hello, everybody. When life throws you a few curveballs, takes you off the path of the, the direction that you set, your relationships are suffering, the job is not what you love doing, and you find a few more speed humps or even potholes, finding <laughs> your flow to get you back on track is what you need. So that's the topic of today's episode with Linda Tregoweth. She's back again. Hey, Linda. Hey, Dan. Thanks nice to have you on this show <laughs> again. <laughs> it's episode 149. And as we mentioned, this show is going to be about finding your flow. Yeah. So Linda is a performance coach specializing in emotional intelligence and shows individuals and leaders how to eliminate stress, reduce conflict and lead with confidence in all areas of their life. She is passionate about how we turn up every day as our true self. The demand is for richer human interactions built on trust. Authenticity creates an ecosystem of attraction whereby we work and play with people who are in alignment with us, our tribe. Linda has spent nearly three decades working with leaders, teams and passionate people to help them unlock their full potential. But to do that, she had to first discover herself. Having had a few life-defining aha moments along the way, she's overcome devastating loss, significant health issues, she's now fit and healthy and has built personal resilience that has found her sweet spot. Linda realized that she couldn't do it alone in life and in business, and so she found the help she needed to achieve her growth. As a result, she's an expert in assisting others in releasing the pressure, gain clarity, find their safe harbor, and enjoy calm confidence. Linda is a student of life, travel, and human behavior, and loves everything to do with unlocking the unlimited potential within herself and others. So, Linda, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Darren. What a great intro. Ah, that was, uh, I practiced that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you have said it before, but hey. <laughs> that was a while ago, probably like 50 episodes ago. I don't know. So tell us a bit about you. I mean, has anything um, changed in the way you work since we spoke last? And then we'll get into some of the stuff that we're going to chat about today. Well, I think for the first thing, and we'll just talk about it, is I've moved into state. So I was living in Melbourne for the last 17 years, and I just uh, it was just after the borders opened up here in Australia that I made the move to Queensland and... Um, why did I do that? I, I moved to Queensland because a few years ago I was looking to move here and I figured it was about time. I, I built up an amazing life there in Melbourne, but I felt that without any overseas travel, I felt like I needed to explore another state. And yep. We've got a beautiful big country here in Australia, so why not do that? So do. here I am. So yeah, awesome. so, so. I love Brizzy. I haven't been there in a while, but I love Brizzy. It's very it's <laughs> yep. becoming more and more cosmopolitan every day. It's great. Yeah, I definitely found a couple of good coffee places um yeah. i do love brisbane but there is an opportunity if any of our melbourne or sydney friends want to move up here and do good stuff with hospitality there's still room to move i reckon oh, um, got a couple of places here that are that are pretty awesome like uh you know, can't can't, sh can't shake loose the, the melbourneian in me which is um industry beans they've got a place oh, okay nice. pretty happy with that yeah. yeah yeah awesome you like your coffee like me yeah, yeah. So, got one Linda, right here. oh yeah, got to can't do without it. <laughs> so, I'd love to chat a little bit about you know what life is 
for everybody these days? What challenges we're facing? Maybe you can shed some light on what you're noticing, what you've noticed lately about, you know, how people are handling things and what they're facing now than they might not have been facing before. I think it's interesting if we look at work, um, you know, not everything is equal. And, you know, I do some work with a fantastic man called Bruce, who is in the, uh, has a coaching business in the joinery industry. Um, they've done exceptionally well out of, um, or the, the joinery industry done exceptionally well because people have been sitting at home, working from home and looking at their houses and looking at all the things that they want to change. So that's yeah. a beautiful opportunity for those clients. But the other part of what I do with my own clients is I service the individuals, if you like, who are sitting at home wanting to make those changes in their houses. But, you know, in our various different forms of lockdown and certainly right around the world, yeah. we haven't been able to go and work in those places that we once called our workplaces because a lot of, um, there's been a lot of restrictions. So um, while we talk about the pandemic or COVID, during COVID, I hear this a lot, during COVID, we weren't able to do it. And I'm like, well, we're still living through COVID. We just don't have all those restrictions in place. That's right. But, but what I'm hearing from the clients who have been working from home is that they've been working with their families at home. You know, daycare or schools haven't been open through that period of time through 2020. Yep. And there's certainly been restrictions, even if states and cities haven't been in lockdown there's still been a lot more restrictions social distancing and such and those things still exist albeit um certainly here in queensland i don't see so much of that but um you know i think there's there's a lot around how have people been working at home with their little ones running around while on the phone trying to trying to do business or trying to uh, work when they've got like five other family members trying to work from home and I think it's been quite stressful. Now, I, I was looking at um, some stats around, well, what's the, I know you'll probably ask me this question, but some stats on relationships and how people have been working together. Because ultimately, we wouldn't be spending so much time with each other. And I think, you know, that's certainly taken its toll on our well-being and mental health. And I think, you know, stats right now for Melbourne, for example, been in lockdown for so long, one in three people are suffering from some sort of mental health issues. And there's much more of a, a reliance on utilising services either from the workplace or generally, um, I think coaches probably taken off um, yeah. in terms of being able to help with that stuff too. But really, um, people have been really able to tap into some different services or have a different level of awareness because they've faced different things in their day-to-day. I think it's been quite an interesting time um, for many, many people, but not all industries are the same and some industries have thrived and some people are just in survival mode as a result of the last 12 months. That's right, that's right. I I did a great episode with another um, friend of mine and also a psychologist and she said, she used the phrase, people had to learn how to work with home rather than work from home. And I really stuck in my head because it makes so, it's so true. It's working with home mm. and there's a whole new set of boundaries and controls that you have to set up possibly to do that well. Well, you, you and I, uh, uh, we've probably both been working from home for quite some time, so we're used to it. Yeah. But, you know, I think for me, the main difference working during that period of lockdown was um, the restriction and in, in, in actual physical interaction with people yep. because we couldn't. So, but I'm really happy working from home. Always have and have really good structures and systems in place, and have my work station set up so I'm all yep. health and safety compliant. And 
do all those things that I would have perhaps once done in an actual office environment, but I'd still do that at home. Now, it's not the case for everyone. You know, I've, I've heard people have been working from the floor and having meetings in the corner of their, you know, what looks like their laundry because it's their spare room, but that's like ultimately their storage room and there's clothes in the background and they've got kids running in and out. And I I just think some people just haven't ever been set up for that. And certainly some of those businesses weren't well-placed to help their teams get set up. You know, I think people have been going into what was the office and taking, you know, things like monitors and getting all, all that stuff set up, but, but that also then means they've got to take it all back when they're needing to go back to work in the yeah. office too. So, um, you know, really does come down to systems and how you set yourself up and how you think about approaching your day and yeah. what you need. I know what I need on my desk. Yes, coffee is one of those things, but you know, um, it's to me, it's just the same as how I would have been working anywhere. And also, I suppose um, it depends on who you are as a person. Like I'm. I'm very good on my own. I can work from home. I'm very good with virtual, with technology. And if I, you know, I get a bit lonely, I just go to the coffee shop or I take a walk or I see some people or I jump on Zoom. But not everybody's like that. Some people really crave that, you know, um, hallway, uh, water cooler conversation. They need to have yeah. interaction with their colleagues constantly. They need that, that energy that keeps them going. So it's tough for some people. Well, it's really interesting. I was talking to a, to a, an ex-colleague and dear friend of mine and um, she went back to work in the city once you know sort of they got the notice that they could do that and and um, she found it really interesting she said I might as well have just stayed at home because she found that the office wasn't set up to cater for social distancing with mm-hmm. say project teams and such so you know whether the office was um, mainly a floor plan of smaller meeting rooms so two or four meeting um, you know capacity meeting rooms and then maybe a meeting room capacity of 12 was the largest. But when you've got a social distance, there's no space to allow that. And what she found was that they would each have to go and find their own space in this particular building, in this particular office, socially distant, very, very strict rules, obviously, with social distancing in these offices, um, to even be able to let people into the lifts or building itself let alone the, their office floor. And, um, and she said, we were all on Zoom in our own spaces, not even being able to really interact with each other too much because social distancing didn't allow for that. Really interesting, hey? So you yeah. and I working from home doing this, this is our normal. Um, hadn't really thought about how do you get up in, in a, in a say, 40-storey building with social distancing in a lift where normally that lift capacity would be 16 people. That's right. It's, it's like yeah. logistically, it's a nightmare. <laughs> to, to even get up to your floor would be, uh, it would take often, well, longer than a minute. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're now opting to not work from home, um, not work in the office rather, it's work from home as their normal. But then you do miss out on those social interactions. I, I, um, I do know that, when cafes went open, which is my normal jam too, is to be able to go in there and have a chat to the guys and making coffee or to yep. be able to, you know, invite a, a colleague or one of your network or friend and to have a coffee, like without all of that, um, then certainly I missed it. But yeah, to not work in an office and not uh, not be able to interact with those people that is kind of like your normal way, I think it would be a bit of a stretch and a challenge 
which I think has really had a huge impact on people's mental health and um, and well-being generally. We underestimate how much of that social interaction that we actually really need to do our day and feel good about it. What do you? What have you found in terms of your experience, or if you have any stats on um, how that's impacted the team spirits and the team's performance? You know, corporate team mm-hmm. spirit and performance. I I attended a, a human synergistics thing last year where we're actually trying to problem solve how we would deal with workplace culture with remote working. I think. Uh, it was a hard thing to land on. We came up with a whole lot of solutions. There was over a thousand people at this particular event. It was a, a virtual event wow. and really well done. So um, they're a fantastic group of people focused on culture and they have analytic tools and that's part of what I do to utilize them. And I, I don't remember the exact stats because it was an Australian New Zealand event, but I do know that per industry, it was quite different Um but I think the fundamental thing was as society, how we cope and how we set ourselves up for success in terms of our social interactions was the underlying principle mm-hmm. of then how to set an, an organisation or a culture up in a business. So rather than, I think the old school thinking was the organisation needs to change. And for me, it comes back to a really good humming culture where everyone's working well together is where an individual chooses to participate and be engaged in the work they do in that that environment. I think one thing about a lot of remote working is if people do need that social connection, then how do those businesses, how do the organisations really help enable that for individuals? I think that's something definitely that needs to be done and thought about a lot more. I know as an HR group of professionals that I was sort of part of this conversation with that there's a lot more discussion to be had around how to make that work and especially where an organization's culture is not always robust or sound anyway so you can imagine if you've got a business which is very siloed and the teams across the business don't always work well or talk well to each other anyway Mm -hmm. I believe that their remote working could have a bigger impact on that if um, and the productivity of course because culture and productivity and customer experience are all deeply linked that they're really going to suffer through that if they hadn't dealt with that so they need to work a lot quicker and faster and fixing that and getting some smart thinking in there to help them with that Um, and then really those leaders need to be set up for success for managing those those individuals within teams to be able to help with their own personal change first Um, because to change a culture you've got to start with an individual's change definitely and as well you know you've got all these new tools collaborative tools that people are using and workplaces are using to to get stuff done where you don't need to talk to anybody anymore so it's even more isolating so it's really about how do we balance that out with real life interaction well thinking back you know, I was, um, are you familiar with the Net Promoter System? No, no. Okay, so it's, it's, it's something if you've been, if you've had any service through any utility company in Australia or, you know, any major company, they'll ask you, how did you feel about the service that you received? And sometimes it'll be a little short survey at the end of the call or at the end of a, a chat, for example. So that's all related to, um, well, it used to be called satisfaction 
know, customer satisfaction. Customer satisfaction. Yeah, so I, I think about the net promoter system and, and these days they combine it with um, people from, you know, I think net promoter for people is what they call it. Yep. But uh, I first came across this when I was working for Telstra and there were lots of issues. Everyone's got a, a Telstra story that they don't love, but at the same time, it's all, all big businesses anywhere or even small businesses. We all have good and bad experiences. But what I like about this net promoter thing, and I'll give you a summarised version of it, is that it helps to look at where people sit on a scale of, you know, it does have an underlying score, but whether someone's passive or if they're a detractor or if they're, you know, going to be an advocate. And I think that applies for customers and it also applies for staff. And I say to my clients, where do you sit in terms of whether you're a passive um, person in your business or if you're a leader in your business? or if you're an advocate, or if you're a detractor, if you're a person that comes to work every day and says, nah, I'm just not that into it today, or it's a bit like I've got nothing good to say about where I'm working or how I'm doing it with, or if you're an advocate, well, it's the loud, proud, let's get on with it, let's get into it, I'm really engaged and happy. It doesn't always have to be a box of fluffies and sunshine and roses every day, but it's about... I feel stimulated and connected to the work I do and I'm proud of it and I'm passionate about it. And you know why you're doing it. So it comes back to your purpose and why. It's the same thing for customer experience, I believe. And, um, you know, I think the key is if anyone's listening to this today and they're thinking about what's going on with their culture, is what is what does it sound like? What are people saying about how they're feeling about working where they're working? Um, and if you're a listener, if you're a, a listener who's an employee or a leader or an owner of a business, then it's a good question to ask yourself too. It's something that I ask myself um, and, and how I show up. Yep. But you've got to start with if someone's on the fence and they're like, eh, not that into it any given day, I'm just coming here for the paycheck. Yep. Probably not enough to really have an engaged workforce or an engaged culture where people are actually going to want to work together. Fascinating. I mean, and I always say, Culture is felt more than it is seen. It's something that you you feel. It's something that you perceive. It's so hard to define it in the, the words. You have to really experience right. it. A lot of people I talk to say, "I oh, know I've got a really great team," and then you get into it. I'm like, "Okay, how do you how do you communicate with your team? What do you need to mm. um, when you want them to do something different? What is it that how is it that you guys work together?" oh, well, I've always got one person in my team who's like always pushes my buttons <laughs> or that person over there doesn't want to talk to many people. They just want to come into work and just, you know, put their head down and their bum up and not really engage or talk to anyone. Yep. That's okay to a degree, but it has a profound effect on the vibe of your business, how you want to show up in your day and um, how the team trust each other. I think it's um it, sure. it, it, if all of those things are happening, then pay some attention to it because it's not all as it seems. Like we want to think the best of people, and that's true. Um, it's a good default position, but pay attention to what's lying on underneath because that iceberg effect means that we haven't really spotted some things that might actually hurt the business over time or hurt hurt the team. Can't make everyone like each other. It's not about that. It's just um. How do you help them understand what the common purpose is so they can do it together 
and do it well without as much friction or people getting annoyed or frustrated with each other. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Common purpose, like your why from a company point of view, from a personal point of view, it's so important. Yeah. Why do we do anything? And I, you know, I was talking to someone this morning and that's the thing that we all lose sight of is what's our why. Hmm. We get busy. We forget to pay attention to what we need. And if, if most of us like to help other people and if we, if we don't, then we're just doing our own thing in the corner and that's okay to some degree. It would probably be a bit of an isolated life and you miss out on opportunities if that happens. But for the most part, most people like to help others. And it's um, when we don't say no without saying no that we, you know, kind of, <laughs> we start to just doing more for other people and forget about ourselves. And then over time, we forget who we are. And yep. I think you asked me the other day, what is it that's commonly coming up for my clients? And I think the, the biggest thing in the last week is sense of overwhelm and just so much going on they don't know where to start and i'm not getting really clear on how to go about it and then the other thing is to really um a lot of them are really feeling like they've lost themselves mm-hmm. and you know it affects things like their relationships it affects how they see their career they probably getting a little bit burnt out in some part of their life and whether it's through working longer hours or just trying to make things work in some part of their life that isn't probably a fit for them anymore. But we forget, we forget to sort of check in with ourselves on that stuff. And it's really important. Yep, 100% agree. Totally agree. And kind of, it's a good way to kind of lead into the topic for today or the title of this episode, Mm -hmm. which is finding your flow. So if people are feeling a little bit overwhelmed and they feel like they kind of a little bit off track, what are some of the ways or what should, how should they be thinking, analysing, what can they do to kind of get themselves back on track? Well, can I, can I give you a little bit of an example sure. first? Yeah. Um, because I reckon some of the stuff that would actually help people understand what it might be that they need right now. Right. So I was talking to a client the other day and he said that he had been helping his family like at the drop of the hat if someone asked him to do something he'd just go and do it there was no question about it he'd just do it just what he'd always done and I'm talking about his wife his kids his parents who are getting older um and you know some of his mates as well so you know we all know you want to lend someone a lawnmower on the weekend that's always going to be I'll, I'll come and drop it off to you kind of thing so for him he said that one day he he just cracked it and he didn't know really what was going on for him, but he turned his phone off and he went for a really big, long drive. He played some music that he hadn't listened to for a while. And that music sparked the memory of who he used to be. Wow. And yeah, and he said by the end of the by the end of his trip, his little road trip, he knew that his family were like a little bit concerned about him because it was really out of behavior for him. And that was his moment where he felt like he'd hit a wall. It was his change catalyst to pay attention to doing something different. So he, he kind of wanted some help as to how do we, if you like, avoid hitting the wall again and, and freaking out, in a freak out moment, as mm-hmm. he called it, yeah. and also um, freaking out his family because, you know, that's a little bit concerning if you're doing something different and people kind of notice these days, I think. Sure. So, yeah, so he, um, he just used it as a bit of a wake-up call to say, well, how do I actually go about finding myself? 
And, um, you know, he noticed that he had been probably drinking too much and um, doing some things uh, in his life that weren't serving him very well. And he had given up on all his healthy habits, like even if it was just going for a walk in the morning with his wife, he'd stop doing that. So, um, you know, it really was his, his um, focus, I suppose, to change. But what he noticed about all of that was, there was some stuff that he'd forgotten that were really was really important to him in his life that he had just put on hold, and 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 it was because he wasn't able to say no to people in a respectful way that he just did everything for everyone else before himself. Mm-hmm. So we really started to look at his priorities and how he could start to really build that in to his, his schedule, if you like. Um, because if we don't look after ourselves first, we do tend to hit that wall. And what I see as a common thing is. People saying, oh, God, I feel like I'm being backed into a corner and you throw your hands up and you go, no more, right? Back off. <laughs> For me, it'd probably be a little bit more blunt. <laughs> <laughs> probably wouldn't let myself get to that place now. Yeah, I've yeah. learned my lessons. But yeah. um, for him, it was like he really felt like he'd been backed into the corner and, and he really had nowhere to go. And he felt, he felt like he just kind of had no breathing space, I suppose, so we sort of started working through that sense of overwhelm and really looking at what he needed. And it was actually pretty simple when he got going. It, it wasn't always comfortable, but let me let me share a little bit about what it, what it was. So sure. um, he really started, needed to look at what was what was important to him in his life. And, and I know, you know, there was a lot of focus out there on oh, coaches just want to focus on goals. But actually, no, it's, it's beyond that. It's about looking at your goals and having something that you can really connect to for your why or your purpose, for sure. If you're, um, you know, life's a bit like a needle in a haystack or, you know, <laughs> a dart on a dartboard that's just far too far away and you're never going to get to it. But it's, it's really getting in touch with what it is that you need and finding out what's important in your life and why it's important. We forget about the why why it's important so we go oh here's our to-do list but if we don't understand why we need to do that those things it's never going to land or we won't um, stay on course and then the other part of that is to set your set your priorities out of that so that's to make sure that what it is that you're doing in your day in your week your month in your year is focused on what's the most important to you to get done and what's going to give you that satisfaction factor so it goes beyond broader than just goals let's do goals well yay but so what what do you do with those goals once you've got them now the (laughs) how do you get there well you've got to break them down and the only way to do that is to know what's important to you every single day and to do that and to have something done every day that feels tangible and that you can feel good about that also means that you need to start a bit of a reflection in your day is to go okay right I feel really good about those things that I've done I feel really good about those interactions that I had with those people who are the most important people to me and I feel really good about those interactions with my colleagues or my workmates because I know that I was able to help them or however it is for you so you know those things are really important and just use your smart the smart tools so specific measurable achievable realistic and targeted really important little tool and um, you know I think it's a really small distinction but having those really important priorities and knowing what's what is going to help keep us on course every day 
uh, that'll actually keep us following through on those things, not giving up on, on that because you're getting distracted with lots of other things. Yeah. And then on that note, the other thing is to get really clear on who's important to you in your life and why they're important. Um, one of the things that I notice about um, the givers in the world who are the beautiful, generous people who are just giving, 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 is that when, when you need help or when they need help, um, no one's around to help them because no one's been used to, <laughs> you know, giving the help. So, you know, notice who's around you, who's the most important people in your life, who they are, why they're important to you, and and let them know they're important to you as well because life's too short. I was talking to another client the other day and he said to me, a mate reached out to me three days ago and he's a really good mate but I feel really bad because I haven't got back to him. And I said, what's stopping you from getting back to him? He said, I don't know. Hmm. And, and I said, you know, conversation continued a little bit. And really what it came down to was he was just in such a place of overwhelm. Plus he also felt because he'd been working so much that he didn't have anything interesting to say to his friends. Right. And he actually felt like he wasn't able to give any value. So wow. if you've got people important, who's important to you in your life, let them know use your words show them that you love and care about them and, um, and the other good point is they, even if we think we're we don't have value we have a lot of value that person wouldn't have reached out in the first place that's right yeah and they care about you if they're actually speaking to you mm. you know, people good. just naturally fall away um i think without uh just because life gets busy and you know some people stay in your life more consistently and some people show up at different points in time and just some people fall away altogether and I think it's just good to be okay with all of those things but if you if you know that people are important to you let them know because we're all going through our own navigating our own version of this every single day mm -hmm. and then we kind of almost fill in the blanks of what we think other people think and feel and as I would say to anyone don't make up stories about what you think or other how other people feel about you ask them have conversations because it's not real until yeah. you have that until you find out you know managed by facts if you like yeah. so those assumptions um, can be so wrong oh so wrong you know um and just because someone's not talking to you um maybe the question is hey how are you going um do you want to do you want to do a virtual coffee Darren? <laughs> um as opposed to thinking, oh, they're not talking to me and they don't care because they're too busy or whatever. Like yeah. as humans, we do this. We make stories up based on what we do or don't hear. And even then when we hear someone's words, we're still making stories up, but just don't. Like it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Create space in your brain and your heart for um, hearing and feeling what the other person has to say and what they need. Yeah. I think it's really important. Absolutely. Um, do you have any... any um tips on how people can prioritize what's important to them every day like do you subscribe to any particular methodology whereby you sit down every morning at a certain time and write a list or how do you actually go about that yeah i do i'm i'm, I'm a believer for intention setting yeah yep. so every and day I, you do this I, every day so my routine is pretty well structured i know what works for me um i think i think there is people are afraid of a little bit of structure in their day mm -hmm. and I find that fascinating now I'm not talking about 
every minute of the day accounted for. It's not about that. But, you know, I used to be a project manager many, many years ago. And I, um, in my personal life, I really resisted the structure, if you like. So I was like, I've got too much structure in my my work life, too much. (laughs) And I was working crazy hours at the time and probably a little bit insane. But um, I resisted the structure in my personal life, but I, I made peace with it because Otherwise, life goes by really quickly. And I think it was um, actually it was the decision that I made to get a personal trainer to actually have something to leave. This sounds a bit sad, but to leave work for a personal trainer because I'd be having to pay him if I didn't turn up. Yep. And and that, that was my catalyst to actually change. And then you make that one adjustment and then more adjustments come. But what I, what I do now, I, I'm a believer of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and I can hear in Queensland, it's a no-brainer because it's kind of daylight <laughs> around that time. So <laughs> no, no daylight saving. And um, But I make good use of that time. I wake up, I do a meditation first thing in the morning. Nice. I'll often do some stretches or some exercise here at home or go for a walk. Uh, then I'll, you know, be plugging in something useful like a podcast into my ears, yeah, Darren. Absolutely. Just saying. I agree. And, <laughs> and then, um, you know, then I start my day. So I'll start my day and I set my intention about what I've got to look at from a work perspective who I'm working with so with the clients that I work with during the day uh and I'll and I'll sit here and I kind of almost meditate on it I'll write my list of what I've got to do in my day and it's not just about seeing clients but it's about the to-do list and I'm very very clear so I've I've shared with you smart a little bit earlier that's a simple little framework to use specific measurable achievable realistic and targeted and that then helps me understand who it is that needs to be participating in my day to help me do my day because it's not always about just me. That's right. Um, there's people that I need to rely on to help me do what I do. And then, um, yeah, like I said, I get really clear about the intention of how I'm going to be interacting with people and, um, you know, really choose my attitude, I suppose. my I know in a day you can't be perfect every single day and I'm not perfect anyway, but what I can do is choose how I show up for myself and other people in my day. And when I consciously do that, the outcome of my day feels good. I don't feel like I've even worked, to be perfectly honest. Um, and then with my clients, that outcome's better for them too. Yeah. So I, I don't see that any that's any different from how I would have shown up in the workplace. The only difference is, is how other people choose to show up and what they're consciously aware of. Um, but if they're not having a great day and they're not flowing, that's not something I take on board. I might have done once upon a time, but it's not personal. Yeah. You know, um, I'm the same as you. I love a bit of structure. I love, you know, a little bit of structure. I like a routine because then I know what I'm doing and it's it's less mental mentally draining to be wondering and guessing and, you know, you're organised. Like organisation is big and good systems are very important because it actually saves you a lot of time and energy. Everyone that I talk to that says I'm feeling overwhelmed, the, the common denominator is there's no structure yep. in your day. They're not organized. Yep. And and they miss out on interactions with people that are just beautiful because, you know, that's the, the friendship stuff. They're, because they're living in a period of um, chaos in that day or that moment, that's that's what they focus on. So the moment you focus on that, that's what you get more of and it just kind of compounds through the day. Then you get other people's chaos adding to that. So I say kind of set some structure in your day. Allow, even if it's five minutes a day of doing something healthy for yourself, making sure you drink water and 
have time to have a coffee with a mate if you can. Or walk um, the block or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Go and, you know, for you and I, we'd go and sit in a cafe and have a change of scenery and do those things. Laptop, we can take and work from anywhere. Not always possible for every single person, but I think the key is making sure that you do change your scenery during the day is important. Yep. Yep. But the structure, my structure allows me to do some of that stuff. You know? Yeah, so true. Awesome. And so what are you focusing on these days in terms of work? You know, and how, do you, how are you working these days? Anything, anything in particular? Any, any particular niche? Well, I am mainly working with men at the moment. I do work with some women, but the, the age group that I work with is uh, between 35 and 45 mm -hmm. um, men is the usual sort of standard group. Yep. Uh, I work with them, in, and as I mentioned, in Bruce's, the joinery coach business, but also outside as well. So I've actually got a master class coming up on the 10th of April, which, which is called uh, Find Your Flow. So it's part of my Unleash Your Superpowers program um, through the Bold Step, which is uh, you know all part of my kind of broader programs that I offer. And what I love about that master class is it really helps to sort of helps people find their flow and get over some of these hurdles that get in the way from living their fullest potential. Um, it doesn't matter whether they're a leader in, in business or a leader in their life. I think the, the same thing is that we're all individuals first and how do we help ourselves? How do we feel better? How do we release the pressure? So that's that's the focus. Awesome, awesome. And and why do you find, you know, your the age group is to 45, seems to be capped at 45? just seem to be who's who's in my who's in my life I mean you know look I'm uh, you know my age I'm going to be 51 this year but I think um they're the people that seem to come to me naturally for help because they want to help they want help I'm not saying that um I won't help people a little bit older or my age group or you know their age group but uh they just seem to be the people I'm working with right now um I do work with a um, a few women as well, but it does seem to be more broadly men. And yeah. I think, I think what the common denominator is with that too is that they've they've hit that wall. Like they've probably had families, they're in their peak of their career period, yeah. um, as they see it right now for themselves. They're not making different life choices. Like around my age group, perhaps people are going, okay, no, I don't want to do that, and moving on to different things. Mm -hmm. But in that peak age group there where they're making those career choices they've had families going okay right things are just a little bit too much right now that's where i see those lifestyle changes needing to be made so they can sustain healthier life reduce the stress probably their partners are telling them or saying to them you've got to do something different dude because we never see you you're never around um so i think there's some patterns there around those guys needing help that's not to say that we we don't need help around our age group too darren but but it's it just i think there's those bigger aha moments yeah. um through those through, through that, that time that's interesting isn't it yeah. yeah it is yeah and i do think you know there's there's trends around or where you would choose to be a business owner or go out on your own or, mm. or whether you stay in your career path if you're working in a in an office-based type career um, and then whether you step up or step sideways, I think there's all those sort of choices around um, what's next for people in that age group. Nice, nice. And do you work with people, obviously one-on-one -on -one coaching, you do workshops, any other way that you work with with people? Yeah, I work with, work with groups as well. So 
through, um, I've got a program which is called The Bold Step. And um, yeah, it's that program's uh, got another round launching in April actually. So there'll be a 12 week program that'll be kicking off in April to uh, to get get going and to help overcome some of these things that we've been talking about today and to find your flow. Love it. Yep. Absolutely. And even when we do, you know, water is a perfect example. Water can flow over it or sideways. Yeah. The amount of people that I talk to that don't drink water in their day, I'm like <laughs> you've got to have water to flow. Yeah, yeah, so true. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so so Linda, if people want to get in touch with you, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, my website, so I know you'll add the link there um, in the podcast notes there below, um, which is lindatregalis.com. And <laughs> shall I spell it for you, Darren? Uh, oh, no, don't worry. I'm going to make sure that that's spelled properly. Two <laughs> <laughs> names I've got to spell. Um, and I'll send you a book, book a call link if anyone wants awesome. to connect with me and jump on a call with me. That'd be great. Awesome. And if people want to find out about your workshop coming up, uh, is that on your website? It is on my yeah. website, yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, Linda, thank you so much again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I just, I love hearing, you know, the, the, way, the simplicity in what and how you explain things and how you give people ideas and strategies. It's so common sense and simple and seamless, but it's so powerful. If people only would just take a bit of time to do these things, it's amazing what we could achieve. Thanks, Karen. Simple is the way to go. Simple. We overcome things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big Thank believer. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to put all the notes um, and the links for everybody in the show notes so you can find Linda. Anything that you want to leave us with before we finish up? Well, I think the first thing is, is what do you need to forgive yourself for? So what do you need to cut yourself some slack on, if you like? Nice. But, you know, really you owe it to yourself to just be a bit more gentle and to invest, your, invest in yourself a little more and um, not be so busy that you forget who you are. Yeah, so true. Wow, love it. Well, Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always an absolute pleasure. Um, I've had such a great time talking. And everybody out there, please find Linda. I'm going to put all the notes in there for you and we'll hope she'll join us again for another episode at some time in the future. Thanks, Darren. Thanks again. Everybody out there, have a great day and we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now.